Gigging NI, the home of music in Northern Ireland. This is our very first podcast and we started it to give you an insight into some of the interviews we have and let you hear some of the conversations with some of the acts that will be performing on our doorstep and we'll also be promoting some great local music. For this month, June 2017, we have Peter Hook and Delight and local band Part-Time Pilots. So thank you for joining us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy. Um, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined here by Peter Hook. Um, Peter, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm not bad, actually. A bit tired. Yeah, we had a very early um, start. We're in Copenhagen. Uh, no, we're not in Copenhagen. We were in Copenhagen last night. <laughs> Tonight we're in Aarhus. So I'm looking forward to getting rid of you so I can have a sleep, mate, in the <laughs> nicest possible way. Now, Peter is one of the founding members of Joy Division and New Order, and he's currently touring around the world with his own band, Peter Hook and the Light. Um, so how's the tour been going so far, and in general, how has 2017 treated you? <laughs> well, it, it, the, you know, life um, has its ups and downs. Um, playing and is touring is going fantastically. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, legal battle that I have with the other members of New Order is uh, very intense at the moment and is still ongoing. So that tends to make you think that everything's a bit... Okay. which is a problem so apart from that I'm having a great time yeah and of course you're set to play in the limelight Belfast in Northern Ireland this December you have played here before and um, do you have any memories of the shows before in Belfast or even indeed any memories of Belfast in general well I mean it was <laughs> it was quite interesting actually the first time we came to Belfast we stayed in the Europa yeah uh, and it had been bombed the night before so our lead singer was not very uh, happy about that. Yeah. We were doing a tour, actually, in a car of uh, Southern Ireland, and then we finished up in um, Belfast. Uh, it was 1984, 83, so it was a pretty difficult time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember going into Belfast. The Europa had been bombed. You had to park down the road, you know, and you were searched as you went in and all that crap. And there was a terrible atmosphere in the city. Yeah. It was quite shocking, actually. You know, it was quite shocking for me to come from Manchester, a very cosmopolitan, very free-thinking city, to get to Belfast and see the, um, the segregation and the, the attitude to each other. Mm-hmm. It was it was strange, you know. Um, I, I found it hard to believe, to be honest. But the thing I did like about it was the gig was fantastic. Uh, everybody came together and had a great time. And then, you know, the shocking thing was, was that after the gig, everybody segregated again uh, and went their, um, 
you know, their own little ways back to their own little twisted world, shall we say. And I remember driving to the airport the next day and uh, Barney, our singer, turning to me and saying, you know what, I'm never coming back here again. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it's f***ing exaggerating as you do, you know. <laughs> but we never did. We never made it back to Belfast. In fact, the next time that I came to Belfast was to DJ in when New Order had split up. Uh, and it was quite funny because then, after New Order got back together again, without my permission or knowledge, <laughs> in 2011, the <laughs> um, they booked a gig to celebrate the building of the Titanic. You've played also, I think you played Mandela Hall with Peter Yeah, Pinnell but they, it got cancelled. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember thinking, buddy, old Barney's never going to make it back to Belfast. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It got rescheduled, I think it was for the tail end of the last... I remember we did cover it. Like, can you can you have any memories of of that show? No, I mean I've played in Belfast many times since. Mm. I've DJed there umpteen times. Uh, I've played with Peter Rock and the Lights. Great place to play. Great yeah. people. You know, I mean the, your your problems are still there. Now I know this time around you're set to play the Substance albums from both Joy Division and New Order. Do these albums mm -hmm. have a particular meaning to you? Well, I mean, obviously, the interesting thing about them was that they were albums that were never written. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we didn't put the singles on any of our LPs. Yeah. So all these Joy Division tracks on Substance stood alone before the record, and all the tracks on Substance New Order stood alone yeah. before the record. Tony Wilson of Factory Records fame only made Substance New Order so he could play all New Order's singles on a CD in his new car. Yeah. That was all he was, that's all he did it for. Um, and it went on to be our biggest selling album. So ironically, it's the biggest selling album that we never made. Yeah, I was just about you to know, say. Just a was... collection of the singles. So I suppose it was quite lucky that we left them off the albums um, because it gave us our biggest selling LP. Substance Joy Division wasn't as big a seller mm -hmm. as um, New Orders, but it was very popular because it brought all the really rare tracks that we'd given away, basically, um, yeah. together. Yeah. So, thinking... yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's albums eight and nine in my odyssey, shall we say, to play every track mm -hmm. written and recorded by both Joy Division and New Order. Nice. So this is the next milestone. So yeah, it's good. It's it's quite interesting to play, you know. As albums, they they've got, you know, some tracks that are really not very well known, mm -hmm. and some tracks that were really commercially successful. So because you're playing them both in full, uh, I like to think that it's a bit more arty, shall we say, than just you know pretending to be the band. Yeah, uh, I'll leave that to New Order. <laughs> so yeah it's uh, a journey that you as a musician and the audience have to go through yeah. you know with all the um, lesser known tracks shall we say which is what I like about the albums actually you know it requires more concentration on both the musician's part and the audience's part to do it so yeah it's good I'm enjoying it I really am enjoying it I also believe that you're an experienced producer how did you get into that line of work and how does that sort of make you feel in comparison to obviously playing live shows? Yeah, I mean, well, a producer, basically, I was taught by Martin Hannett, who produced Joy Division. Uh, he taught Bernard and I how to do it. He didn't do it consciously. Uh, we were just watched and consumed what he did. And, yeah, I mean, as, as a way of keeping control of your own destiny and your own music, it's vital, actually. Yeah. 
because everybody you bring in changes it. You know, I mean, we were lucky in Joy Division that we had no experience. So we, we left the reins to Martin, and Martin got it absolutely right with Joy Division. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he didn't have the same luck with New Order as he did with Joy Division. He really added something to the sound in New Order. Um, his drug problems and his ego really got in the way. He hated us uh, as a group once Ian Curtis had died. Um, he really felt all the talent had gone, yeah. which wasn't a great you know, cloud to work under. Yeah. So basically, Bernard and I got rid of him. We replaced him. And the more production you do, I mean, production is a very, very difficult job because you're the first in and last out. Yeah. You know, literally, you're the first one who opens up the studio in the morning, band comes in, records, you're the last out in that you're the last one who goes to master it at the end. You know, a musician really doesn't have much to do with what a producer does. Mm. But it is nice, and it's a, you know, it's a vital part of your armory um, as, a, as a musician, really. You know, you should know how to produce. It's a difficult job, but it's good. I've read that the, the location of your studio has actually got you quite involved in the music scene in Rochdale. Um, yeah, Sweet 16, uh, which was formerly Cargo Studios, was a very, very important independent um, recording studio and did some fantastic, fantastic records. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list of people who've recorded at, at Cargo with John Briley and then with Sweet 16 with me, Rex and CJ, uh, amazing list of people. You know, it really was a prolifically well-used studio, mm-hmm. right from the Ganga Four to the Bloody Stone Roses, yeah. you know, you name it, everybody recorded there. And it was great, you know, I mean, I enjoyed owning it. You know, Rob Gretton, our manager, always said that you should try and give something back. Yeah. Uh, I know he tried to give everything back with the Hacienda, but literally as a musician, it was nice to have your own studio and be able to, you know, put everything that was important in it. Sweet 16 had the biggest outboard equipment of any studio in the northwest of England. It was really, really well-equipped studio, and that was nice. It was something to be proud of. But, you know, as the recording started to change, then the profit disappeared, and everybody started doing it at home, really. You became another victim of the bleeding internet and computers, you know? Do you, do you feel that the time you helped like make a difference to the, the young people who were interested in music in, in that area at the time? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that if you listen to the records that John Briley made in Cargo, you hear a hell of a lot of history of punk and alternative music there. Yeah. It really was a great sounding studio. It was 16-track, 2-inch, which is the best recording medium ever made. And, you know, the records sound fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you listen to Atmosphere by Joy Division and Dead Souls, Digital and Glass, they were all recorded 16-track, 2-inch. You'd have to look it up, kids, and Google it. (laughs) And it was a wonderful, wonderful recording medium. So John Briley, in particular, made history with with his back catalogue. I was very happy and proud to, you know, take on his mantle when he quit he quit recording because the guitars had destroyed his ears. It was one of the drawbacks (laughs) of um, recording punk guitar bands. That was part one there of our interview with Peter Hook and Delight. 
Next, we'll be chatting to Edna from Part-Time Pilots, here a local band from Oma. And of course, stick around for part two of that interview with Peter Hurt and Delight. Okay, welcome to the show, Edna. Today, how are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Edna is the bassist of Part-Time Pilots, a local band from Oma. Can you tell us a wee bit about Part-Time Pilots? We've been together now five years, started five years ago. Uh, we're from Oma and surrounding areas and um, hard at us now. Um, we have a third album coming out on Friday, which is called How to Ruin Everything. Fantastic. And how did you all meet and how did the band come about to begin with? My introduction to the band was the four other boys were in different bands in Oma that had split up. So they came together then and they were auditioning for a singer. So I went along to this audition and I must have done all right because I'm still there. Yeah, I didn't know it was an addition, so I just landed back then for practice the next week, and they've been stuck with me ever since. Even better. Now, what were the main aspirations for the band? Um, obviously, you came in afterwards, but what, do you know what the main idea of the band was? Was it to get together just to jam, or was there like a, a real purpose there to get out and gig locally? It was just to write our own stuff, first and foremost. Whenever we started out, obviously, like, we didn't have that many songs, so we were doing covers and that, and playing live. And you just sort of get a, you get a thirst for that. So then we made it a point every week just to write more music and release music. And when we've seen the way people are reacting to us and that, we just kept going. Happy days. Now, you mentioned our covers. What sort of covers were you playing at interest? What were we playing? Um, we've done Foo Fighters, we've done Band of Skulls. We still do Queens of Stone Age. To nice. Day, nice. Crack, we do, no one knows. We've covered all sorts of stuff. We've done Beastie Boys. We've done just whatever. That sounds pretty. It sounds pretty awesome, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it goes down well. Eh? Now, in in terms of um, obviously you've been together five years now. What's been the biggest highlight for you personally with your time in part time pilots? Well, we have played. It's always good playing locally, but we played. We played in Dublin and we've done a show over in Liverpool. Which nice. was there was in this place called the Lomax. We slowed down there. It was one of them venues, uh, Oasis had played there and all, I think Joy Division had played there. Awesome. And uh, it was just really get good to say that you played in somewhere like that. Yeah, And even definitely. to get the same reaction over there as with at home, that was brilliant there. Yeah. Now I've seen some uh, tour dates that are coming up, can you tell us a wee bit about them? Uh, we're still trying to get the CDDR, we're trying to get the get it all now, but it should be ready for Friday, which is our big launch, and that's going to be in Bogans in Omar. We have a big band coming down from the Alpha, Alpha Ton. Nice. And then our local band, Judas Wills. That should be good. And then the night after that, we're in Dicey Rallies. And then the week after that, we're in Enniskillen. And then we're back in Oma again. But there's a there's a big gig on in Bar Sub. 7th of July, uh, Belfast. Happy days, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, it's a... Uh, they say that band Alpha Twin, one of them boys has put it together. It's going to be an all-day festival. I think there's like eight or nine bands playing it. Some big names, like. Nice. Uh, ten are in for the whole day. We're looking forward to that. It's going to be a blinder, like. Yeah, sounds... 7th of July, it's a Friday, I think. Yeah, ten ten pounds in for a lot of bands. It's always good value. Um, I couldn't beat it. Now we're going straight into a new a new feature in the podcast. It's called Three Threes, and what we're going to do is just going to go through three things, quick fire. First thing comes into your head. So the first one is three songs that you personally will never stop listening to. Never stop listening to. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> or even bands. If you want to go bands, three bands that you'll never stop listening to. Arctic Monkeys. Nice. They're always changing. I'm listening, I'm listening to a lot of rap at the minute. Nice. Kendrick Lamar is good. Third band, I'm going to say 
Queen's just donated. Happy days. Yeah. Um, three places in the world that you'd like part-time pilots to play. Oh, Seattle. Love to get over to that team. Yeah. Uh, always want to play London. I'm going to go in there, yeah, but that'll be a good one. Yeah. There's a big scene over in, uh, I think it's Germany, in Berlin. Sweet. Love to get involved in that as well. Nice. And last one, um, probably the trickiest one, but let's go with it anyway. Three words that rhyme with guitar. Guitar? Hard. <laughs> <laughs> What about a sitar? Yeah, sounds good to me. Thing. Sounds good. Right. That's one. The pressure's on. <laughs> uh, so you can play like Go Far or Johnny Marr. That, that, them two sound perfect to me. Absolutely guitar. perfect. That was Edna there giving us all the details about Part Time Pilots, a local band from Oma. Their new album is out this month and they'll also be playing all across the country in June. Uh, they're playing in Belfast and of course back in their hometown in Oma. You can hear their new single Pandora's Box at the end of the show, but for now it's time for part two of our interview with Peter Hook from Peter Hook and Delight. Now obviously you've been you've been able to travel the world, um, obviously currently with Peter Hook and Delight. Has there been a particular highlight for you so far in in the current tour? And if so, where was that? Well, I mean, you know, the, the, the highlight for me is still being here, um, still being able to survive and play. I mean, I've got a f***ing great job. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people out there that have to work for a living, um, you know, and I, I do count myself as being very, very lucky in what I do. You know, I mean, it's weird, isn't it? You know, I mean, we, we got, we're doing a gig in Israel. The band were getting really worried because we started getting a few death threats <laughs> from anti-Israel groups. Uh, and I was going, listen, we're just traveling musicians. We're just troubadours. You know, we, we, we're just entertaining, distracting people from the stresses and strains of modern life. We're not political. We're not going to change the world. We're just there to take your mind off it and give people a bit of enjoyment. And then we started getting death threats if we didn't go. Right, okay. <laughs> so it just goes to Can't show win. you, doesn't it? You know, the, there's two sides to every situation. Yeah. You know, your highlight is getting up in the morning and being able to do something that you love. You know, I mean, like I said to you before, the only stain on my um, horizon is this bloody legal case with uh, the others, which I really wish we had the brains and the respect for each other to stop Mm -hmm. and, you know, get on with our lives. What little of it we have left, it really is a stupid time of your life to devote so much time, energy and money to this ego-led pursuit is absolutely pathetic i don't recommend it to anybody so, so yeah you know the highlight is getting up in the morning kissing the wife seeing the kids taking the dog for a walk and then <laughs> having a great job at night yeah definitely and when you're on tour do you do you write any new material or are you currently working on any new material no i mean the i do miss the writing dynamic of a group the light is very much a vehicle for playing the old music. Okay. Uh, I still do a lot of solo stuff. I mm-hmm. still play on a lot of people's records. I was asked to join a super group the other day, nice. which I'm uh, very seriously considering. Uh, great lineup. Can't say who it is yet, but I'm. I was I, just I was about the ask. to ask. <laughs> eh? I was just about to ask. Let's let's get I some know, details. I know you can't, mate. I can't. <laughs> um, uh, I wouldn't like for it not to come off. But uh, yeah, it, it contains some fantastic English musicians. So, yeah, I do a lot. I've just worked with Rusty Egan, with the Rich Kids, 
Uh, I've just done a cover version of a track by Captain Beyond, mm -hmm. which was called Dancing Madly Backwards. I'm also working on a track with Wolfgang Fleur of Kraftwerk. I've also got my own uh, group called Man Ray with a friend of mine, Philip Murphy, that is really good that I do. I'm just shit at promoting it, really. <laughs> uh, I had a big hit in France last year with a group called the Liminanas. I'm doing another track with them this year. So, no, it's good. It's all good. I'm, uh, I'm, as I said to you before, I'm very lucky uh, and happy, yeah. You, you said that you're writing solo material. Um, do you think it's important for fans to know the origins of your songs, or do you just prefer for, 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 like, for people to just to take their own interpretation of them? No, no. I mean, I, I wrote extensively about the origins of a lot of our songs in my book, Substance, mm -hmm. Inside New Order. So, no, I mean, it's you know, you shouldn't let it override. You know, a lot of the time the romanticism in music is not knowing, you know, that he wrote it about when his dog died mm -hmm. or when his mum kicked him out or something, you know, it's, 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 it, I like it when it opens your mind up. But when I wrote the book, I, I did feel I had a duty to, you know, show where inspiration comes from and maybe show how a little seed of an idea can lead to a, a mighty oak. So yeah, there's two ways of looking at that, uh, I must admit, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for me that it's a little bit mysterious because then everybody's not joining in and I get lauded, shall we say, for doing something that people think is so far, you know, removed from them. Mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to keep a bit of the mystery, mate. <laughs> now, you personally, um, we, we do tend to ask all our guests, um, what's, what's your own favourite personal show you attended as a fan? So who was it? When was it? Where was it? Well, I mean, I, I think that's easy, actually, for me. It'd be the first time I saw the Sex Pistols yes. at the Lesser Free Trade Hall on 4th of June, 1976. Fantastic. Uh, they were supported by a band called Solstice, nice. who did a 25-minute version of Nantucket Sleigh Ride, <laughs> which I much, I, much admit, I must admit I was quite used to that style of music and being played like that, shall yeah. we say, because I was a big mountain fan. Felix Papaladi and um, the Sex Pistols came on and just smashed all my misconceptions about music, all mm -hmm. my conceptions about music, all my ideas about the world as it was uh, and I walked out of that concert a punk and a musician even though I'd never held a musical instrument and yeah it did me very well, I've had 41 great years since then uh, you know, I'm, I've been my own boss for 41 years, and I've had a wonderful time, been around the world 30 times, 40 times. Yeah, it's good. It just shows you again, you know, what inspiration, uh, how you have to you have to look for it, and when it does come, you have to relish it. Yeah, perfect. And like, on to, on to the current day, um, can we get an insight into what you're currently listening to, and who would, who would you recommend our listeners listen to right now? my god I mean there's so much music about now it's just insane <laughs> I mean I listen to a lot of dance music <clears throat> to be honest with you I DJ and I'm doing the Hacienda Classical at the moment mm -hmm. which is the classical interpretation of um, acid house and dance tunes from the late 80s so I'm sort of stuck in that rut at the moment which I'm enjoying actually I'm enjoying yeah. a great deal uh, I listen to a lot of new dance music for when I DJ myself group wise it's a bit of a weird period for groups. 
Manchester seems to have lost its stranglehold on the world, which I'm not very happy about. <laughs> uh, there's a group I was listening to called The Blossoms in Manchester, which yes. are pretty good. They were okay. Um, apart from that, I, I, I don't feel in a position to recommend anybody, to be honest with you. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I've, I've been digging out my old stuff <laughs> to listen to. The only new record that I've heard recently that really blew me away was Leonard Cohen's, uh, the one he made just before he died, which yes. is a great record. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to uh, hold back from that one. A big thank you to Peter Hook for joining us in the podcast. Peter Hook and Delight will be performing in the Limelight Belfast on the 2nd of December 2017. I would highly recommend getting tickets for it. It's going to be a great show. Uh, A big thank you to you for listening to this podcast and supporting us. Um, Please don't forget to subscribe if you would like to hear more. And a big thank you to Part-Time Pilots who will now play us out with their brand new single, Pandora's Box. (laughs) 